thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today at Jesus the Healer. And uh, just to study the word together, what an honor. I tell you, it cost Jesus everything yes. so that we could live healed. Yes. And so we need to honor the price he paid by living healed. Right. Amen. Amen. We've been teaching on the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. So we looked in previous episodes at blind Bartimaeus, but now we're going to look at the, the man who lived in Bethesda and uh, Bethsaida rather. And we're going to look at his healing that took place. And so I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter eight, and we're going to look at verse 22. You know, before we look at that, um, we're, we're taking, uh, there were about 19 miracles of individuals healed under Jesus's earthly ministry. Uh, of course, that's not all that were healed by any means, but the Holy Spirit spotlighted them. So we need to be good students of those things, those 19 cases, because in those we find everything we need to know to receive healing. That's right. Yes or to minister healing to right. someone else. Yes. Amen. Right. So we need to look at these uh, specifically. And so we're just taking these passages apart line by line and sometimes word by word yes. and looking at it. So Mark chapter eight, verse 22, it reads, and they came to Bethsaida and people brought to Jesus a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he caught the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when Jesus had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him, do you possibly see anything? And uh, I believe I'm reading this out of the Amplified Translation, but I, wa I want you to see this, is that it says he spit on his eyes. Well, well probably what he did, it says he spit and touched him. So he probably spit in his on his fingers, his hand, and touched him with that. And verse 24, and it says, and he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again, and the man looked intently, that is, fixed his eyes on definite objects, and he was restored and saw everything distinctly, even what was at a distance. Mm -hmm. And he sent him away to his house, telling him, do not even enter the village or tell anyone there. Mm -hmm. Now, interesting, isn't it? Now let's go back to verse 22 and let's just look at this in detail. And they came to Bethsaida and people brought to Jesus a blind man and begged him to touch him. So here we see a case where this blind man was allowing himself to be led to where Jesus was. So he had to have his agreement, right? You can't lead people to Jesus who don't want to go. 
Right. <laughs> you know, yes. in the sense you can't force people right. into receiving something from yes. God. They have to desire it. Yes. They have to want it. And you know, have to know that if you're going to minister healing to someone, mm-hmm. yes. that even if they don't desire it, endeavor to minister to them in such a way that they begin to desire it. But until they desire it, you can't force something upon people. Amen. So the blind man must have believed that Jesus had something for him or he wouldn't allow himself to be led, right? So we see this, that those who brought, brought him are begging Jesus to touch him. So this shows the compassion of these people. They're interested in their friend getting his help and getting his miracle. Listen, you always want to be that friend that helps people get their miracle. Be a faith friend. Don't be a fear friend. Don't be a doubt friend. Don't be a friend in worry. (laughs) Be a faith friend. And isn't that completely different than what blind Bartimaeus experienced? We were reading previously about blind Bartimaeus in previous episodes and how the crowd told him to shut up (laughs) when he called out for help. Now this, this group is bringing the blind man to Jesus. So you, you see a different approach of the people that were around Mm -hmm. compared to blind, what blind Bartimaeus had around him. So this crowd is, they come to Jesus and it says they beg Jesus to touch him. So evidently they had seen or heard that people were being healed when Jesus touched them. So they believed something. So not only was the man that was blind allowing himself to be led to Jesus, but the people leading leading him to Jesus believed something. Amen. And so they, they showed compassion. They brought, if we could say this, their interest in this man's healing. Now, verse 23 says, and Jesus caught the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Now, it's interesting. Uh, You don't see this happen in other cases, but here Jesus led him out of the village. What's that mean? He led him out of town. Mm -hmm. Why did he do that? Jesus led him away from, listen, Jesus led him away from the people who brought him there. They brought him to Jesus because they expected something or they knew Jesus had something they had help for him. Yeah. But even Jesus led him, this blind man away from them, led him away from the village. Mm-hmm. You say, well, why did that happen? We'll have to go to Matthew chapter 11 and we'll find out why. Matthew chapter 11 and we'll start reading in verse 21. And this again is the Amplified Classic Translation. And... Uh, Jesus is speaking in this passage. And in verse 21, he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Now, this blind man comes out of Bethsaida. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done to you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes and their hearts would have been changed. So in other words, other communities that came under judgment, if they would have had the supernatural things happen in them that happened in your cities, Mm -hmm. they would have repented and you haven't. So he's proclaiming judgment on Chorazin and Bethsaida. Why? They have seen, miracles have been worked there and they resisted them. They resisted, rejected the miracle flow. Mm -hmm. Verse 22 
Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you further, it shall be more endurable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, are you to be lifted up to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades, the region of the dead. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have continued until today. Mm. So he's not three cities now he's pronouncing judgment on. Is he pronouncing judgment on them? No, they resisted the flow he brought them. So he says, now because you have rejected, judgment is what awaits you. The judgment didn't come from him. It came from their decision to resist and reject what he did in them Mm -hmm. and what he worked for them. Verse 24, but I tell you, it shall be more endurable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. So he singles out Chorazin, he singles out Bethsaida, and he singles out Capernaum. And he said, there's judgment on you because you've rejected what was brought to you. Mm -hmm. Um, They rejected the works done there. They treated them as they were dishonorable toward them. Because of that, Jesus is saying no more works. At your your choosing, not at God's choosing. You understand? They chose to not honor and receive them. So he said, so nothing more can be done here. Now we know why he led him outside of Bethsaida. Nothing more done there. This is how much Jesus wanted to heal this blind man who was in Bethsaida with this group of friends And Jesus said, I so want him to be healed, but this community won't receive that power anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to lead him outside the community so he can receive his miracle. That's how much God wants us healed. That's how much Jesus wants to heal. He wasn't looking for a reason to withhold a miracle. Mm -hmm. He was looking, how do I get this man's miracle to him in a community that resists and rejects the power of God? Get him outside that community. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus led him away. There are some places that it's very difficult to receive healing in. Do you understand that? There are some places it's very difficult to receive healing in or any miracle in. Why is that? Based on how they've treated God, based on how they've treated the power of God. If a church says we don't believe in healing, going to be very difficult to get healed there. Why? Because of their words. They have chosen what they will or will not permit in their midst. And so if you need a healing, you're going to have to go someplace that believes in healing, not someone, not a place that resists healing. What about a household that rejects healing? I mean a family. There are some families who just don't believe in it. It's going to be very difficult to get healed. You're going to have to get yourself around a different household. You're going to have to get yourself around a different church. If you need healing, get to where somebody believes in healing. Amen. So this city had resisted the power of God. And these three cities that Matthew lines out, Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum, So this shows us how great the mercy of God is that even in a community that resisted it, Jesus still found a way to get this man's healing to him. Isn't that wonderful? See, he's not looking to withhold. Amen. Healing is for everyone and Jesus wants it for everyone. Amen. How do you always, how do you always receive what Jesus has for you? Accept his word instead of arguing with it, instead of resisting it, instead of rejecting it. I remember there was a man who uh, had, 
really an evangelist and had phenomenal results in his healing ministry. And uh, he would, in his travels in different cities, he had uh, some of his staff, of course, that would travel with him on the road. And uh, other pastors that had been in some of his meetings noticed something. He had gone to a certain city and many of his pastor friends had come and he taught there. He preached there, but there was very little flow of ministering healing there. And very few people even got healed there. After the crusade happened, the ministers that were present said to this man of God, and I mean, he was a a leading man, said, "Um, how come in this city there weren't very many healings? They said, we've been with you in other cities where the healings are numerous, Mm -hmm. but there was so little of that in these meetings. He said, how come? And he said, because there's no healing voice in this city. Now listen to that. He said, there's no healing voice in this city. Pastors aren't preaching it. The ones who live here are not, are not preaching it. So the people in the community, they don't even, they don't even, they haven't heard it. They don't, they don't respond to it. They don't cooperate with it because very likely there would have been voices against healing, not for healing. He said, there's not a healing voice in the city. So pastors can be healing voices to their cities, announcing it, declaring it to their congregation. I tell you, that will go out and have an effect in a community, just like doubt and unbelief will have an effect. And we see this, that doubt and unbelief had effects in Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And in Capernaum and in in, uh, Chorazin and in Bethsaida, it had an effect. Well, just like there are households that don't believe in the power of God, let yours be a household that does believe in the power of God. So that someone who was around a household that didn't can come to your household and they can receive. Amen. Praise the Lord. Always accept the word. Amen. So Jesus led this man away because, now listen, these people that brought the blind man to Jesus cared about him. Just because someone cares about you doesn't mean that they have faith for you. Faith for your miracle. Amen. Their their interest in him could get into Jesus, but Jesus didn't use any of them to assist. Uh He didn't draw on any of their faith to assist. So people can love you, but that doesn't mean they have faith for you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, For our own selves, we we don't need to only just love God, but we also need to have faith in God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. There are some settings that will hinder your faith. I tell you what, you get around people that talk against the word, Talk against faith, talk yes. against healing, and it will, ha- it will have an effect. Yes. Yes. Right. Whether you realize it or not, it can, those words can land in you and cause problems to your own faith. Right. Amen. Amen. So guard your fellowship. That's right. what I'm saying. Find faith friends. Make sure you have faith friends, and really that's what your local church should be to you is a place where you have a gathering of faith people yes. that believe God with you. Now, remember when... Uh, Remember, in, in ministering to Jairus' daughter, Jairus came and asked Jesus, come to my house. My daughter's lying at the point of death. And he went there. And in going there, there were people there that were, that were weeping. Why? Because she had died. What did Jesus do? They were interested in the girl. Mm-hmm. 
That's why they were there. They were interested in Jairus and his wife. That's why they were there. They were interested in that family. They no doubt loved that family, but just because a family loved them doesn't mean a family had faith for them. Don't confuse love and faith. Amen. Faith is a very different demand on you. And... um, so Jesus put people out of Jairus' house that loved the girl. Mm-hmm. That loved Jairus and his wife, no doubt, but they didn't have faith for what the miracle that was going to happen. And so Jesus had to put that out of the house. Why? Because that's a hindrance. That's a hindrance. And uh, don't give those who doubt a chance to talk you out of your faith. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like I said, when you're believing God for a miracle, there's no room for anything else but what God says. You can't give room to, to, to thoughts of doubt and fear, even from people that love you. Years ago, there was a man who was, um, his family had been part of our church and, uh, he came up very periodically and, um, he ended up going completely out of the church and went into a lifestyle of sin. And in that lifestyle of sin, he got AIDS. And, uh, you know, when people get AIDS, it basically their immune system's destroyed. And so it's some other condition that comes in and kills them, mm-hmm. you know. So he came back to the church. He had had AIDS. He came back to the church and he now had cancer. He had tuberculosis and I don't know what else he had, Mm -hmm. but basically a death sentence from the medical world. And so he came back. He got right with God. Thank God for that. Amen. He came back into the church and my husband was holding a miracle service one night on a on on one of the evening services and he laid hands on this man and this man had gotten to such a condition. He was in a wheelchair. He was on a feeding tube. He could not stand up on his own. He could not eat food on his own. He could not walk. He was limited into this wheelchair, had the feeding tube and on oxygen. I'm talking, he was in the final stages of this condition he was in. And so my husband laid hands on him. The power of God went through him and he testified. The pains left all, he could testify to the change. My husband said to him, Sunday you come back and you testify how God's healed you. Mm -hmm. Now that's the obedience, the act of obedience he was to take. He said, you come back next Sunday and you you stand up and you testify to this congregation how God has healed you. The man goes home. Now, this was a Sunday night that Ed ministered to him. We got a call back from his family because he's living with his family. And they testified because they had a live-in nurse that stayed with them. That he was up and out of the wheelchair. He was walking. They had taken him off of oxygen. Mm -hmm. They had taken out the feeding tomb and he was eating food normally. Everything of his life showed healing. And so later in the week, he was telling his family, he said, Dr. Dufresne told me to come back Sunday morning and testify to my healing. And another family member that was there who loved him, no doubt, said, don't you know the doctors have said that if you go outside, you could catch pneumonia? 
when you've got cancer and you've got tuberculosis. What is pneumonia? (laughs) You know? But people who loved him thought they were looking out for him, but there wasn't faith. Just because someone loves you doesn't mean they have faith for your miracle. Don't confuse the two. You need to have people in your life who encourage your faith and speak faith into you. So this family member talked him out of going to church and testifying. Here he had been up completely restored. And in two weeks after that, I performed his funeral. He didn't have to die. But people who loved him spoke wrong words that injured his faith and he let go. Mm -hmm. You see, that's what I mean. When you're believing God for a miracle, you have no room for anything but what God says. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, what should he have done at that time? He should have said, no, I believe God. God's healed me and I'm going to obey the word that God gave me through the man of God and I'm going to go testify. He should have answered the wrong words instead of agreed with them. And it cost him his life. Someone who loved him spoke things that helped him fail in receiving and holding fast to his healing. Amen. Amen. Know who the faith people are that you can draw on because you're going to need faith friends in this life. I said, you're going to need faith friends. Now look at, look with me at verse 23. And it says, uh, Jesus caught the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands up on him, he asked him, do you see anything? So what an unusual method of ministering healing. Why did Jesus minister to this blind man this way? He didn't do that with blind Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. Notice there's no set formula. The formula is follow the Holy Ghost. That's the formula. The Holy Spirit will lead us to minister to people based on uh, the best way for them. So Jesus no doubt spit on his hands laid his hands upon the man's eyes. So the spirit, that's the way the spirit led. If that's the way the spirit led, that's because that's what's going to get results. Always look to the spirit when you're believing God for healing and you're ministering healing. Look to what the spirit says to you, to, to how to minister because with him, the divine guide and the divine helper, you're going to get the most results following him. Amen. Amen. Someone may say, well, that's humiliating that he spit on his hands and then touched the man's eyes. Nothing humiliating about a miracle. (laughs) And whatever method that gets the miracle, would you ever let someone do that to you? I would if I was blind. I would if I needed a miracle. Why? Because it's not about my pride. It's about me getting what I need from God. Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't always touch the sick. Sometimes he just spoke words. But this time he wanted, he touched the man. Meaning this, don't limit God to one way. Amen. Amen. This is Jesus. Now listen, Jesus asked him, do you see anything? You normally don't see that with Jesus. Why is that? The man said in verse 24, he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. So what is that? Partial vision is back, not total vision Mm -hmm. is back. So there was an improvement. He saw shapes, but not details. 
So we see this man was healed by degree. It was healed by, he was healed by degree, not all of it all at once. Sometimes when we believe God for healing, there's improvement, but not total healing. And there's a couple of times when it's recorded that someone began to amend when Jesus spoke the word. The nobleman's son began to amend at the hour that Jesus spoke the word. Here the man begins to amend. It doesn't matter if it's instantaneous or not. Just keep believing. I said, just keep believing. And uh, I, I want you to see something here is that, well, let's look at verse 25 and read it. Then Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and the man looked intently. That is, he fixed his eyes on definite objects and he was restored and saw everything distinctly, even what was at a distance. This is the only time we see Jesus laying hands on someone twice. You say, well, why did Jesus do that? I mean, was there not as much power anointing? I, I want you to see that it has something to do with where the man just came from. Yeah, that's good. He just came from a city that would not receive. Right. He came from a city that had judgment pronounced on it because yeah. they rejected the miracle power of God. Right. So it's, up, it's because of the man, not because of Jesus. Jesus had to touch him twice. Right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No doubt his faith was affected and hindered by being in a community of unbelief. Amen. Amen. Remember what Jesus said, has said to us throughout his word, so be it done unto you according to your faith. Jesus had to touch him twice because that was according to that man's faith, not according to Jesus' faith. That's what the man, he had to do for the man. Amen. Amen. And then we see this verse 26. It says, and he went away and, and he sent him away to his house telling him, don't even enter the village or tell anyone there. Notice, why is that? Well, there again, that community's already rejected the power of God. It's already rejected Jesus. So we see something. Jesus said, go to your house, don't go back to there. So the man didn't even live in that community. He was fellowshipping and hanging out in a different place where he lived. And so uh, he told him, go home. In other words, tell the people in your community, but don't go back here. Don't go back into this village. Why did he tell him? Now, listen, he said, don't enter the village. Don't even go back there or tell them why. That's where unbelief is given place to. You go back to a, a community, a fellowship of unbelief, and it can rob you of what you've received from God. He told him, don't even, no, don't even tell him, don't even go back there. What was he telling him to do? How to keep his healing. Yes. This is how to keep your healing. Go home, go around those who love you that have faith, not around those who care about you but don't have faith. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're teaching out of my book called The Healer Divine. We want you to get your copy. You can do that by going to DufresneMinistries.org and let us know you want your copy and we'll get it right out to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, until next time that we see you, you remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.